Welcome to Table Flippers Podcast, an outreach of Greater Works Christian Church here in Lancaster, California. I am your host, Robert Enos. If you like what you hear, visit us at gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Find the Table Flippers link, click on it, and you'll get to our merchandise. Now, get ready for a huge dose of truth and a huge dose of common sense. Hello, ladies and gentlemen. This is your host, the hostessist with the most assist. Hey, um, I'm here in, where am I? Puerto Vallarta, Mexico at a beautiful resort. It's my wife's business uh, trip conference for these few days here in Puerto Vallarta. I got to tag along and just chill out and hang out and be with all of you. But I brought my um, microphone that connects to my phone. So if it doesn't sound as great as a quality as normal, um, please forgive me. I'm literally using a little uh, microphone that just connects to my phone. So it's good, but it's not as good as if I'm sitting down in my studio trailer in front of a nice microphone so you'll hear some things maybe a little bit of wind some people back here maybe some music um but i'm doing my best with what i have at the moment i want to talk to you about a couple of things few th- well maybe a whole bunch of things you know how it goes i don't know what's gonna what i'm gonna touch upon my wife's gonna be back here in just a moment she ran off to get something but when she comes back i want to get i'm gonna pick her brain Um, so that all of us together can see what a woman has to say about some of these issues. But I want to read you this. This is a very, very short article from Newsmax, and it was published, I believe, today. Let's see. Yes, Wednesday, June 21st, 2023. I believe that's today. Anyways, um, it's entitled Pro-Choice Group Backs Twelve Democrats in the 2024 House races. Again, uh, let me read that again. This is the title of it. Pro-choice group backs 12 Democrats in 2024 House races. So just from the uh, title of this very short article, it's interesting that this pro-choice group backs 12 Democrats. You know, ladies and gentlemen, I've said over and over and over and over again that uh, the Democrat Party is just wicked and evil. And honestly, this really shows this to be true. Uh, When a pro-choice... Now, I don't know why they say choice, because they really want to remove choice from us. And just, you know, it's like if you don't choose abortion, you're choosing wrong. I mean, that's in their mind, but we'll go with it pro-choice, pro-baby murder. They are backing Democrats. Why? Because Democrats are the party of evil, the party of wickedness, the party of death, the party of murder. And in this case, baby murder. Of course they're going to back Democrats. They're not going to back the party of life. They're going to back the party of death. Let's just call it for what it is. They say pro-choice, and I say they're pro-baby murder because that's what it really is. Anybody that's sick enough to choose to murder their own child. You know, if in any it's so weird to me that um, if you were to destroy an eagle's egg, the American bald eagle's egg, 
you can go to prison for a long time for that. The unborn, or I should say like this, the unhatched baby eagle, if you destroy that egg, you can go to prison for a long time, but you destroy your own child and you get celebrated by some of these groups, especially the Democrats. I mean, I don't know about, about you, ladies and gentlemen. Isn't that disgusting and sick? Well, of course it is. There was a meme that I saw recently. I believe it was yesterday, but nonetheless, this meme was uh, Forrest Gump <laughs> and sitting on a park bench like he did in the movie. And uh, I might not be a smart man, but are you telling me that a virus or a bacteria on Mars is proof of life, but a heartbeat isn't? And it was making the point that you can have the heartbeat of a child in the womb, and they say it's not a, a living being, but a single-celled organism on Mars is suddenly the most exciting thing to a lot of people because it proves there was life on Mars. I mean, that's how disgusting and wicked the left-leaners are in this country. And the Democrat Party is all for it, which again, back to this article, it just shows once again the wickedness of the Democrats. Now my phone shut down and I have to open it up to get back to the article. Here we are. It says NARAL, N-A-R-A-L, all caps. I assume that's an acronym for some group or something. But nonetheless, Pro-Choice America, the oldest extant abortion rights advocacy group in the U.S. on Wednesday endorsed 12 Democrat lawmakers for the 2024 House elections. Nearly one year after the Supreme Court decision in Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health Organization, which overturned Roe v. Wade and returned the legality of abortion to the states. Now, ladies and gentlemen, I just want to stop there and make my comment on this. I, on one hand, really appreciate that Roe v. Wade was overturned on the federal level and, and it was sent to the states. It's like it's a state issue. You guys worry about it per state. So on one hand, I'm happy with that because there's a lot of states that were ready to make some major moves on abortion. But I wish, I wish they had just said, well, it's murder and it's illegal in all 50 states completely. But at least we got something. And these Democrats, these left-leaners, were freaking out that women, at least federally in that sense, weren't allowed to murder their babies. And they're still freaking out about this. So now this uh, pro-choice group is is um, standing with and pushing these 12 Democrats. Why? Well, in the hopes that they can get, in, at least in these 12 states, keep abortion, the murder of children, the murder of babies, legal and even not just legal, but they want it acceptable and celebrated. That's what's even it's perversion that goes beyond normal perversion. They want to celebrate the murder of children. I mean, think about that for just a moment. If this was puppies inside of the womb or outside of the womb, if this was puppies or kittens, everybody would be up in arms. These are human beings, ladies and gentlemen, human children. If it was almost any other animal, you go kill a porpoise, especially a baby porpoise or a baby whale, at least here in America, you would be hung out to dry, but you're celebrated if you murder your own child. It, does that even make sense? 
It, I mean, I'm, I'm beside myself every time I think about this and the absurdity of it. It doesn't even make sense to me. Anyways, let's continue reading. Since the day Roe was overturned, voters proved without a shadow of a doubt they will come out and support abortion access and the candidates who are ready to fight alongside them, said uh, Narrow Pro-Choice America President Minnie Timurahu. I don't know how to pronounce that last name. With the GOP doubling down on their out-of-touch policies, voters will be even more motivated to keep them out of office in 2024. We're proud to endorse the slate of leaders as the first endorsements of our 2024 electoral program, ensuring that they are re-elected is essential to taking back the U.S. House of Representatives and moving one step closer to passing into law legislation that will protect and expand reproductive freedom. Reproductive freedom. Isn't it inter interesting that when you talk about the word reproduction, that means, you're, you know, there's, uh, in this case, a mother and a father or a man and a woman. They become parents when a baby is born that's reproduction it's production is reproduction ladies and gentlemen look this up in the dictionary you have to have something that is produced that you can call reproduced or reproduction all right that's just the way it works um there's no such thing as reproduction when you murder what you produced so they're twisting words to try to take the the sting, if you will, out of it, to make it sound more palatable, and people don't think anything about it. It's just reproductive freedom, and then they get women, especially, standing up for their reproductive rights. No, it's it's the lack of production. It's the destruction of production is what they're really after. Ladies and gentlemen, I said this in a past episode that we've got to start capturing and retaking these words, these ideas and concepts, because the left is really, they take a word or they take a phrase or they take an idea or an, a concept and they tweak it and twist it to the point that it no longer means what it really supposed to mean. And then they apply it to themselves. A, a simple one is the word gay. Okay, now the word gay in a dictionary, at least it used to mean happy, happy-go-lucky, carefree, joyful, joyous, those types of things. But when there's so much um, abuse f f in the homosexual community, from homosexual to ho homosexual, uh, and there's so much, uh, there's um, suicide is, is very high, abuse, very high, depression, very high. Well, they hijacked that word. I don't know. Are they trying to convince themselves that they're happy and joyful? Or are they trying to convince the rest of us? Either way, it doesn't matter. They've hijacked a word and they're misappropriating it and misusing it. Now, most people don't even want to use that word because of what it means uh, in its present context. But it's still, it's supposed to mean happy, joyful, not depressed, not suicidal not violent 
you know, so um, I just use that as an example. But there's so many things, even even like this, ladies and gentlemen. Here's one that a lot of people don't want to touch, but I'm going to touch it because that's what I do. BLM, Black Lives Matter. Now, before anybody goes off on some, um, you know, calling me a racist and everything, just get over yourself. Black Lives Matter as a concept. There's great truth. There's total truth in it. Of course, Black Lives Matter. Of course, that's not even an argument in my book with me. But the organization, Black Lives Matter, is t completely and totally wicked because they weren't really after helping black folks because they literally gathered billions of dollars through that organization. Billions of dollars was funneled into that organization. And you can't tell me one thing that the organization, Black Lives Matter organization, did for black lives. At least nothing positive. But even still today, we're supposed to be celebrating this, this wicked organization. Not, not the uh, concept of black lives mattering. Of course they do. But you see how they threw that in there so that anybody that questions it, anybody that says something different, I'm speaking about an organization, but there will be a lot of people out there that are going, oh, you just hate black people. I said nothing about that. Do I, do I really, um, you could even say this word, hate that organization? Yes, because it destroyed a lot of people's lives. It was, it was based in, in, in lies. It was based in deception. And it cost a lot of people a lot of not just finances, but their heart, their time, their efforts, their energy over something that was, well, again, just wicked and falsehood. But again, before anybody goes off and starts saying he hates black people. No, no, I don't get over yourselves. Anyways, let me finish this. And I'm just going to read the names because it ends um, with just the name this article ends with just the names of the people that this group is supporting the all Democrats the lawmakers are Mary Patola of Alaska and oh before I finish reading it I'm reading this because if you live in any one of these areas you'll know who not to vote for because not only are they Democrats you shouldn't be voting Democrat because it's absolutely uh, you know the, uh, wicked, you know, uh, again, back to Forrest Gump. There was a line in Forrest Gump, stupid is a stupid does. Let me change that just a little bit for this context. Evil is as evil does. If you vote Democrat, have voted Democrat, or typically vote Democrat, I, the question I would have for you is what in you is drawn to the wickedness and the evil in them? Well, I don't believe, I've had Democrats, I mean, well, I'm not for abortion at all, but there is no but what evil in you resonates with the evil they portray that's the question i have for all of you who claim to be democrats or claim to be liberals vote that way i'll say it again what evil in you resonates with the evil of the democrat party so i'm gonna read these names and I hope and pray that you have a pencil or a pen. You can re-listen to this and write it down. If you live in any one of these areas, write these names down. This is who you should not vote for, okay? Because this um, pro-baby murder group is saying, we want these people in because they're going to fight for us. Uh, Mary Patola of Alaska, Mike Levin of California, 
Yadira Caraveo of Colorado. Hopefully I'm saying that correctly. Johanna Hayes of Connecticut. Nikki Budzinski. And Eric Sorensen of Illinois. Sharice Davids of Kansas. Jared Golden of Maine. Hillary Shulton and Dan Kildee of Michigan. Angie Craig of Minnesota. Wiley Nickel of North Carolina. Chris Papas of New Hampshire. Gabe Vasquez of New Mexico. Susie Lee and Stephen Horsford of Nevada. Pat Ryan of New York. Greg Landsman and Emily Sykes of Ohio. Andrea Salinas of Oregon. Susan Wild and Chris Deluzio of Pennsylvania. Abigail Spanberger of Virginia. And Kim Schreier of Washington. So those ladies and gentlemen are the people you should not be voting for because, well, like I said, stupid is as stupid does. Evil is as evil does. This wicked organization, pro-choice baby murder group, says we want these people in, in office. And they, they want them in office for a reason because like begets like. Birds of a feather flock together. Evil is as evil does. There's no reason why you and I have to join in on their wickedness. And, and how do you do that? When you vote for them. So you want to stay clean. You want to stay pure. You want to stay free. It starts by just simply not voting for them. Okay, I just want to start with that because that just caught my eye. And um, I know you might be thinking, well, you know, that's so far off. 2024, I'm not going to worry about it right now. Trust me, the time will fly. It's already middle of, well, actually closer to the end of June. I mean, we're halfway through the year, ladies and gentlemen, already. It'll be 2024 before you know it. So we really need to be on top of these things and really need to be figuring this out. But that was just my segue an important segue, but my segue into another thing that's really uh, um, something that's big on my heart, what I uh, like to talk about a lot because, well, it's just something that's extremely needed, and that's men taking the rightful place as men. And uh, we see this, we thought we've had this issue where men just were not being masculine. They were afraid to. When I say Fred, I'm not saying hiding in the closet. <laughs> hiding in the closet. Man, it's time to come out of the closet. <laughs> I'm saying that um, with so much coming against men and, you know, you, you show any kind of toxic trait, automatically you're, you're uh, talk, uh, you know, I shouldn't say toxic trait, masculine trait, automatically you're toxic. And this, that's not true. Masculinity, true masculinity is never toxic. Okay, you've heard me say that before, but I want to say it again. True masculinity is never toxic. As a matter of fact, true masculinity protects the people around them, uh, especially women and children, protects them from what is toxic. And we see a lot of toxic uh, foolishness in our culture today, and real men need to rise up. And stand against what truly is toxic. And, you know, toxic is a, is a poison. The poison that's being pushed onto our kids, onto our wives. I mean, come on, think about it. When you have these men dressed as women who will do like pole dancing kind of 
what do they call it? Not a skit, but you know, pole dancing and things of that nature for children. That's a perversion that true men need to stand up and say enough is enough. Let me give you just a little a bit of an example of this. And I probably should have found this article and read it as well. There was an article that I just caught. It was actually, I'm sorry, it was a video that I caught. It was just a very short video, and it showed some uh, camera images of high schoolers fighting. And this was a high school, I believe, in Louisiana. And they had so many fights in this school, and they just didn't know what to do with it. Kids were just uh, lashing out and fighting one another, big, huge fist fights. Sometimes it would be two going at it. Sometimes it would be 20 kids going at it. But nonetheless, there was all these fights breaking out in this high school. And they, they finally were able to bring it to an end. And this is how they did it. One of the fathers, a dad, a dad, a man showing some slightly masculine traits, stood up and said, enough's enough. He formed a group of other dads who would go to the high school and they would go in shifts. So, you know, I, I, if I remember correctly, there's somewhere in the neighborhood about 40 dads degree to do this. And they would go, you know, maybe five at a time, 10 at a time, whatever. And they were there when the kids were coming in, when the kids were going home, when, when they're having lunch, recess, whatever it is, they were on the campus and they were monitoring their own children or other people's children. Some of those some of those uh, young men and young ladies in that school didn't have fathers at home, so they were type of surrogate fathers on the campus. And they had some videos showing them of, you know, high-fiving the kids as they're coming in, giving them the, the fist bumps and the knuckle bumps. But just their presence alone stopped the fighting. Ladies and gentlemen, I, I want you to hear that. Just the presence of fathers, of men, being masculine, being men, stopped all the crazy uh, actions and stopped the fighting in this high school just by them showing up. And they were interviewing the guy who put it together and interviewing some of the dads, and they just said, we got tired of it. So we're just going to come, and we're going to do our, and he says, we're going to do our job as fathers and our job as men. And it, it stopped all the violence on this campus. Now, ladies and gentlemen, you see, that's masculinity. Not toxic, not harmful, not destructive, but that is masculinity. Protecting absolutely every young person on that campus from being bullied, from being harassed, being beat up, simply by being there and being a good example and standing strong with these other men. Now, some might say, well, what if a fight broke out? Would those guys get involved and, you know, start throwing kids around? I would hope so. I would hope so. But that would be the last-ditch effort. Just their presence was bringing peace to that campus. See, that's masculinity. That's what men do. That's what men do. Now, what got me thinking about all of this is I was at the gym earlier today trying to get out of my dad bod and into a rad bod is that even a word today my wife's just sitting across from me shaking her head with a smirk on her face is it working yes dear yes totally see yes dear yes dear totally she said that snidely but it's okay i still love the woman <laughs> but um anyways i'm at the gym and between sets i was just flipping through i came across a um just a, it was a little meme, actually, just a little meme, 
and it said, you know, with all the um, attention on the supposed pride, right, pride month, June pride month, I don't know what they have to be proud of, but whatever, June is actually men's mental health and awareness month. I didn't even know that. I did not know that. And what was what was strange about that after I stopped and I paused and I looked at that and I thought about it for a minute I just flipped through and I was scrolling through just trying to catch my breath from an next set there was about three or four more memes or little video clips that came up on um, men's mental health and awareness month being June and one of them was a guy says I didn't even know with all of what's going on out there with the supposed pride and rainbows I didn't even know it was men's mental health and awareness month he says now if this was women's mental health and awareness month or the lgbtq uh, community mental health and awareness month we'd all know about it but why doesn't anybody know that it's men's mental health and awareness month he says well number one because real men don't talk about it like that even though maybe we should we just don't talk about it we're going through a struggle and nobody really wants to hear us we tend to uh, right or wrong keep it inside so we can do our best to remain strong everybody else is allowed to break down but real men are not and I'm not suggesting that we should guys I'm not suggesting that we should what I am suggesting is maybe we should start talking about it amongst ourselves. one reason I love going to the gym is not only am I working out my physical body, but with the conversations that I have with my gym bros and things like that. Uh, and it's not just the gym, but it, it's a great place where I can go to, well, almost every day if I want to. Man, it really takes a lot of pressure off of me mentally, emotionally, and physically. So I'm getting physically stronger as well as emotionally and mentally stronger. It makes me a better man all the way around. You know, um, I don't know about the rest of you guys. I like to shoot guns. I love to shoot guns. I love guns. I like to go and as I would say, hey, let's go blow something up. Really, I mean just shoot out a target and punch a little hole in it. A lot of people don't understand why so many men enjoy those types of things. It's a way that we can, in a controlled way, um, blow off some steam, get our mental health back, laugh with one another, joke with one another, talk with one another. We're out there in a place that's far away from most people very few guys out there and we can just be ourselves unwind let ourselves go for a few minutes and and um, become better for it all the way around uh, I like going camping with the with the with the guys especially of our church same reason it really allows us time to unload unwind and be men and not have to worry about anything else and just let go blow off some steam so to speak we're not doing anything wrong we're not doing anything bad we're not doing anything wicked we're just being guys laughing with one another and usually at one another and having a good time but I said all that to say this I was been wanting to talk more about some of the characteristics and things that males can do to be a little bit more masculine and one of the things that just keeps coming up to me is um, get into the gym. Now, I'm not saying this because I want to see a bunch of uh, muscle heads out there. That's not necessarily what I'm going at. 
I'm saying this because when you go to the gym, especially when you go with some friends or you make friends at the gym, I love my gym. Uh, it's called Interchamber CrossFit, CrossFit Interchamber there in Lancaster, greatest gym in the whole wide world. I love it because we, I go to the 12 o'clock class and it's some ladies, but some guys, I've gotten to know most of the people in the class fairly well where we can just talk and laugh and help one another and have a good time and work out and sweat together. And as you're releasing all that sweat and toxins in your body, you're also doing it emotionally and mentally because you're talking to some people that you have a common goal with. They're right there in the gym with you. You laugh with one another, you poke fun at one another, you, you, you uh, encourage one another, you build one another up, you help one another. It's a phenomenal way to get yourself together on so many levels. But men, it's a phenomenal way for you to really find who you are as a man and build upon that. It's a great way. Another, uh, another way as well, and I want to be careful with this because you have to really find the right people to do this. But, you, you know, go shooting a gun. I mean, it's you go shoot a gun. A lot of people are like, oh, you shoot a gun. That's that could be destructive. That could be even. No, it's not. You're shooting a target, but you're getting some better at something. It's something that, that it's exhilarating and exciting. You're there with some friends. You're building one another up. You're encouraging one another. You're helping one another. It's a phenomenal way to connect with real brothers and real men in growing yourself in in your own masculinity if you're not into that go find something else why do you think a lot of men like golf golf is not this super strenuous sport but it gives you something to become better at it gives you something that you can talk and chat and laugh with your buddies your brothers and you go out there and you build one another up you strengthen one another if you're going through something what a great place to just pour it out to somebody who's out there with the same heart and the same mind as you um, that's why even business people know, hey, some of the greatest uh, uh, business ventures have been taken care of on the golf course. It's better than the boardroom. So I'm just giving you some things. Find something that you can connect with other men, true men and connect with them and, and talk to them and be there with them and be there for them. That's how you build masculinity. Um, I was even looking at in, in the Word of God, the Bible. Do you know there's actually passages in the Bible that, that command men to not wear or dress or act like a woman? And it's usually translated effeminate. Do not wear anything effeminate. Do not act or walk or talk effeminate. In other words, what the Bible itself teaches us, be a man, be masculine, do what men do. So, anyways, I promised that I'd have my lovely wife sitting here chime in. She's just been looking at me, staring at me, shaking her head in disbelief. Okay, I just made all of that up. But I want to I ask my lovely wife and hand the microphone to her. Now, sweetheart, lovely, darling dear, and be honest... We didn't rehearse this, by the way, so I don't know what she's going to say. So I hope she doesn't say anything that burns me. But um, what is your take on just um, maybe, you know, what they call toxic masculinity, masculinity of men? What do you, uh, well, I almost asked, what do you find attractive? But you might describe somebody else. 
so let me ask you this what do most women find attractive in in a man and i'll turn the mic over to her embrace myself well first of all i think the difference in what people call quote-unquote toxic masculinity and masculinity is that we tend to go off on extremes right the enemy is in the extremes we went from describing somebody that was abusive or a womanizer or that was toxic masculinity that was or it's in spanish you know machismo but then we went from that to calling anything that was even manly or masculine toxic by virtue of the fact that it's a man which is ridiculous we as you know we call women feminists but they're all but feminine it doesn't make sense to me so the fact that we celebrate our differences the fact that women should be feminine and i don't mean you know prissy girly again the enemies and extremes or stereotypical or you know angry women that what i would call toxic femininity is what feminists are of woman power to the point that we don't need men that's ridiculous why can't we just compliment one another so at attractive in either in either gender by the way there's only two um in a man is that he's manly that he's a protector that he is masculine and he has the god-given traits of a man that he is the a leader that he is strong that he is protective and as i heard victor mark say not necessarily nice but definitely kind jesus was strong and determined and a leader but he was kind so those are the things that that women really want in men they don't want angry they don't want domineering they don't want as i said earlier machismo but definitely a man that knows what he wants which is also in my opinion equally attractive in a woman that she's feminine but that she's strong and that she knows her value as a woman and that she knows that she's strong in her femininity and it doesn't take anything away from her that women can do things that men can't do like have babies by the way no matter what you think um and that men can do what men do which is protect and lead again we need one another one is not better than the other we go together um but the enemy wants to destroy masculinity because those are the warriors right those are the ones that fight those are the ones that protect those are the ones that if we can strip that away from them aren't going to protect children are going to stand down and women we tend to be more on the emotional side of like oh well let's be let's be quote unquote nice well we've let the world go to hell in a handbasket because nobody's everybody's afraid to stand up and be the role that they're supposed to be to to play to the strengths that they have and not everybody looks the same not all women look the same not all men look the same and I don't mean just in their physical bodies, but in their characteristics and their makeup. And we all need one another. When we erase either gender for any reason, and we're fluid, then really that means that there's literally no structure. And no civilization has ever survived that. There is structure and there is order. And life without that is purely chaos. And what is the enemy? The enemy is the author of chaos and confusion. So God took chaos when he created the world and put it in order. And we're trying to take order and put it into chaos. 
Well, thank you, my lovely dear wife. She just threw the microphone at me and went back to what she was doing. As if there is something more important, but it's okay, I still love her. You know, uh, as she was talking, I was sitting here thinking about this, and yeah, you know, the lines have been blurred way too too much, too long. What I find extremely refreshing right now is that more and more and more men are starting to wake up. You know, people in general are, but what I really appreciate, men are starting to wake up. Because I pointed something out, for those of you who are Bible thumpers, I pointed something out in a couple of uh, my sermons recently. And it's in Malachi 4, verses 5 and 6. Malachi chapter 4, verses 5 and 6. And it talks about how when Elijah comes, the spirit of Elijah, he comes and he's going to restore the hearts of the fathers back to the children, the hearts of the children back to the fathers, lest, it says, and this is God speaking, lest I strike the earth with a curse. Okay, so we have at least here in America this whole fatherless generation, not just a generation, several generations now, of fatherless uh, young people, and many of them are now adults. And when you do the stats, and you can just do this, you can Google this. Check this out, ladies and gentlemen. You can just Google this, you know. Um, say, you Google this. Go in there and go stats or statistics of, of childless homes, or, or I'm sorry, fatherless um, homes. And the numbers are there, and numbers don't lie. All the problems that are going on in the home and in the hearts and the minds of our young people simply because fathers aren't around, okay? And um, so it's, it shows me just how important men are, fathers especially, and how important in a young person's life a father is, okay? It's not that moms aren't, but I, I'm, I hate to break it to you ladies, but the truth is, and the numbers don't lie, that when children are raised by a father only versus mom only, but just by a father only, they're, they're healthier all the way around. They do better in school. Suicide rates are, are, are down. Uh, problems with, uh, like, say, drugs, alcohol, all of that stuff, much lower than in a single um, by a sing being raised by a single mom. This is just the numbers. I don't make it up. I'm just telling you what it is. So it shows us just how important fathers really are in the home and to their children. Uh, they, they, and then when you have a home with a mother and father, an intact family, we would call it, the numbers are even lower. Depression, suicide, all of these things, much lower. And so it just shows how important men are, but even more important, how an intact family how important an attack family is so men are starting to really rise up they they've looked at it they've seen it said enough enough and and they're they're starting to rise up which i am so overwhelmed with in, in a good way and um i appreciate that more and more men are standing up and doing just like what i'm doing now putting out videos or podcasts or or you know things of that nature articles uh video clips all of this stuff addressing this and uh, still, many people, uh, you know, we, we get blasted. We're toxic. Uh, we're, we're expressing toxic masculinity. Well, that's okay. I don't even care what people say about me anymore. I don't care. You can call me whatever you want. I've been called so many things. I've even was the last, the last thing I was called along these lines was a speciesist, simply because I tend to believe that human beings are a little bit higher 
on you know than other a species so i'm a speciesist and that's fine i don't really even care anymore i've been called a racist yet nobody can tell me why i'm a racist i've been called a misogynist but nobody could tell me even what a misogynist is let alone what i'm doing that is misogynistic you know i'm transphobic but nobody can tell me why i'm you know so i don't even care anymore because again it's it's weak-minded people that glom onto all of these words and these phrases and these concepts and ideas, twist them to try to stop or shut up people. And then every time I'm called one of these things, you know what it does to me? Number one, I chuckle. I, I laugh because it's like, really? Oh, okay. I'm a whatever they just call me. I'm a speciesist. <laughs> and then it causes me to press in even more because what that just showed me is I'm, I'm hitting some buttons and I'm really starting to make an impact because that's usually the last-ditch effort of people that have lost the conversation, lost the debate. So, so men and women, anybody out there, just normal human beings, listen to me. When they start calling you names, it's not time to shut up and back down. It's time to get louder and push back harder because they've lost the debate already and you're making inroads into whatever you're discussing whatever you're talking about and men are finally starting to rise up men are no longer afraid of being called names men are no longer afraid of being uh, marginalized by these wacko groups with a big chip on their shoulder they've realized oh wait these guys are just a bunch of punks and they're not really doing anything to harm me as a matter of fact them slandering me is actually helping me and that's the way I look at it. You know, I, I, I even get it from Christians. You're a pastor of a church and you talk like this? I thought Christians were supposed to be nice and sweet and just tell the gospel. Well, I am. The gospel means good news. All right? Good news. And when we talk about the good news of Jesus, I'm telling you the good news of Jesus. Because Jesus was a real man he's the image and the expression of true masculinity so when men start rising up and being masculine they're starting out just by virtue of that act more like Jesus who was not a pushover he called it the way what the way it was when he was around religious leaders that were acting crazy he would call them brood of vipers whitewashed tombs and for that day he was practically cursing them he didn't mess around when he saw that people were in his father's house, the temple, doing things they shouldn't be doing in there. He made a whip, flipped over their tables, beat a few people, drove them out of there. So when I see men rising up and being men, being protective, start talking about these things and saying enough is enough, they're just being a lot like Jesus. Saved or not, they're being a lot like Jesus. And when they can start making that connection, wait a minute, this is how Jesus was, maybe they'll accept him more. So I'm just giving the good news just in a different way than what your pastor in the church might give. I'm giving good news. And the good news of this, even the good news of Jesus, the gospel, the good news of Jesus, is that he is beginning to make an impact in a very sneaky way on our culture and society by waking up men to become true men because that's who he created them to be. So please don't play this religious game with me where you, want, where you think all Christians are supposed to be soft sissies. If that's the church you want to go to, have at it. Go for it. But not with me and not with my church. We're going to be real men at my church and real women. At, uh, uh, well, I'm not going to be a real woman. My wife will be a real woman. And the ladies will be real women at our church. And we, and we have no problem understanding that who the real men are and who the real women are. 
you know and there's no thee they them thus those thy the because if you if you understand the word of god it was the demon possessed that had the pronouns of us and them and um you know there might be a few of us going through some things but we're not demon possessed <laughs> anyways so all the way back to the very first article that i started this with i am i read that because again men it is our job to protect those unborn children it is our job to stand up and say enough is enough it is our job to not only do what it takes in our own life in our own home in our own family with our uh, wives or if you're not married yet your girlfriends and stuff not to be put in that position at all you rise up you stand up you be the man you say I'm not gonna touch that woman I'm gonna treat her with great honor great respect and when she shares my last name then we can start making babies one of the best ways to end abortion completely one of the best ways to deal with it is just stop making babies out of wedlock I mean it's just as simple as that so real men real men real men will control themselves and say not until she has my ring on her finger and carries my last name just a thought just a thought a good thought no a great thought but still a thought it's time for us to really start being men again men start it's time for the ladies to truly be truly feminine again ladies and it's time for us to even dress and act walk and talk in such a way that nobody has a problem distinguishing and knowing whether you're a man or a woman all right just those two nothing else there's nothing in between there's nothing outside of that circle you're either a man a biological male a man or your biological female a woman that's it and anything else <laughs> I'm sorry I do not celebrate or have this celebration of pride for mental illness because that's what everything else boils down to so um, ladies gentlemen friends family and foes love you all I appreciate you all and, I, and you'll be hearing from us again real soon I'm sure would you like to say goodbye or say something else Linda no that'll do it goodbye woman a few words until I turn this off and put the mic down anyways God bless you all we'll be talking very very soon Thank you for joining us at Table Flippers. I truly appreciate you. You can write me at gwccrobert at gmail.com. That's gwccrobert at gmail.com. Please let me know how I'm doing. Remember to pick up some of our merchandise. You can find the link at gwcclancaster.org. That's gwcclancaster.org. Until next time, be continually blessed.